This morning, I'm going to read with you a familiar passage from um, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. In fact, I think Paul read it last week. We should remember last week's sermon, shouldn't we? (laughs) They say, by Wednesday, people have forgotten what you preached about on Sunday, which is very encouraging for a preacher. And I'll read verse 8. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to to men on whom his favor rests. I get stuck with what I remember in the authorized version and what I'm reading in the New International (laughs) Version. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Amen. May the Lord bless that part of his word. I'd just like to thank you for the lovely cards uh, and things that you, you uh, send to us each, each year. Thank you. The more important a message is, the more senior the person is that delivers it. If, for instance, there is a crisis in the nation, we would probably have a special broadcast by the Prime Minister or the Chancellor of the Exchequer uh, or, or, or the Sovereign. The importance of the message is... Um, sort of delivered by an important person. Now here, we see the messenger. So there's a message, the messenger, a pre-message message, then the message itself. The messenger is an angel from heaven. 
These shepherds were watching their flocks at night time on the hills around Bethlehem. And many of you who have been to Israel with us have seen those very hills where it would have happened. And the angel appears to these shepherds. And the glory of God appears. There's a multitude of the heavenly hosts as well. And the glory of God appears. There were a number of people in the Bible to whom the glory of God had appeared. The glory of God appeared to Abram, the Bible tells us. Jacob also saw angels. Moses asked to see the glory of God. <clears throat> and, and the prophets, Ezekiel and others, Isaiah wrote, he said, in the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. He was high and lifted up and he was sitting upon a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. It says, above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face and with two he covered his feet and with two he flew. And one cried to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. He went on to say, the posts of the door moved and they were shaken by the voice of him who cried and the house was filled with smoke. He saw the glory of God. But here for those shepherds, the glory came down. How many of you would be like me to see the glory of God come down? And... Uh, <clears throat> The, the angel said to them, it was a kind of a, a pre-message message. They were terrified, were these shepherds. And, and so the angel said, don't be afraid, he said, I'm bringing you good news of great joy to all people. Good news of great joy to all people. Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, oh, you must be... You, you won't believe this. It's absolutely wonderful. It's, it's, I, I couldn't believe it myself. It was wonderful. And, and, I, and they're going on like this. And you're saying, for crying out loud, tell us what it is. <laughs> and this angel said, I've got some good news for you. It's going to bring great joy. And listen, it's for all the people. And the shepherds are saying, what is it? <laughs> for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. So the first thing I want to bring to your attention this morning is the good news, to quote the basic minimum, is not bad news. Good news is good news. I heard of a preacher in the north who stood up in his sermon and said, I've got some bad news for you. He was picking a verse, some obscure verse from the Old Testament. I mean, who would go there again? It's good news. What this angel brought was good news. And the message about Jesus is good news. So I want to list for you a few uh, things that are good about this story. <clears throat> the good news is that God came down himself. 
The good news is that God has visited us. We believe that the scriptures teach us that God exists in three, uh, as a tripartite being, as a three in one, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in the beginning uh, of the Gospel of John, it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. <clears throat> Goes on to say, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. <clears throat> and then uh, uh, in the prophetic um, uh, words about Christ, as we have already read this morning and heard in the reading of the scripture and, and also in the songs that we have sung, the prophet said about this child will be born, he said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, uh, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. <laughs> God came himself down to this old world of ours. And in John's epistle, it says, the life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared unto us. The uncreated creator entered into time with us to share our joys, to share our sorrows, but above all this, to be our savior and to lift us to be where he is. <clears throat> um, that lovely old hymn of Charles Wesley. Charles Wesley lived, he was born in 1701. <clears throat> Did they know anything about anything in 1701? Well, I think they knew an awful lot <laughs> This is what he wrote. Let earth and heaven combine. Angels and men agree to praise in song divine the incarnate deity. Our God contracted to a span incomprehensibly made man. Isn't that a wonderful line? Our God contracted to a span incomprehensibly made man. And in John's gospel it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you could think of the Father as the thought, and the Son as the Word, and the Spirit as the power in the Word, you get a little idea of, of the Trinity. The Father, the thought, but the Word of God. Jesus is known as the Word of God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He became like you and I to share our joy and to share our sorrows and to share our life. <clears throat> and in one place in the Bible it says he is a merciful and a faithful high priest. He can understand the pain and the sorrows that you and I go through. I remember being in Scotland many years ago and there was a gale and it was ferocious, this gale. And we, uh, I watched the, the, the big trees 
that had been standing there for hundreds of years and in, in the ferocity of the storm, they had fallen over. They had resisted storms all down the years, but this storm was so bad, they keeled over and fell. But amid those who fell, there were other trees that stood. And Jesus, you and I, with temptation and problems, we can fall over. But he felt everything that we feel, but he stands. He felt the depth of temptation when the devil tempted him. It was a severe temptation, but where humanity fails, praise God, Jesus stands. But he understands what you go through. He understands what I go through, the pain, the difficulties and the sorrows that we share. He shares them with us. He understands. It's God with us. It's not different from us. It's God with us, among us. So this good news is that God himself came. Secondly, the good news as I see it is that God loves us. That beautiful verse in John's gospel, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves us. He came to where we were and he loves us. The apostle Paul, who had been a, a, a a rebel who had been antagonistic to the gospel, who, who hated Christians and who hated Christ, was wonderfully met by God on the road to Damascus. He had letters of authority in his pocket and he had hatred in his heart to persecute the Christians. And then Jesus met him. And the apostle Paul, he was called Saul in those days, as you know, changed his name. <coughs> He, he never forgot, he never forgot the moment where Christ met him. And he said, the son of God who loved me, me, an offender, me, a persecutor, me, a man with hatred in his heart, the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There was a lovely old Christian man in our town of Blackburn. Um, he was an old man when I was just a young boy. He was called Fred Watson, and he was the uh, pastor at the Assemblies of God Church in Blackburn. And uh, those days, people, not many people had cars. They traveled on buses, and, and uh, Lancashire is a... a Blackburn is a mill town. Everybody would go to work on the bus. And they said of him that when he got on the bus, the atmosphere changed. <laughs> and he would stand at the front door of his house, I think it was a terraced house, and he would sing hymns. <laughs> and everybody knew. And he said on one occasion, he said, I went to God expecting to get the sack. And instead... He increased my wages. <laughs> the Son of God who loved me, the Son of God who loved you. I've said before, we, 
we often have babies in this, um, in this church, and I see Rose is here with this new one today, and the dedication of this little, little one today. <laughs> and uh, you see a little group gathered round, and they're all cooing and ooing and aring and mainly female, but not to be sexist in these matters. But they're adoring this little child. Now I ask you, let's cut through the sentiment and ask what this child has done. Has he washed the dishes for his mother? No. Has he tidied up his cot? No. Has he hoovered the carpet? No. Has he chipped in with a bit of money for the rent or the mortgage? No. This child has done absolutely nothing. And everybody loves him or her. Because this child is loved for himself and not for what he has done. And some of us, it takes a lifetime to realize that we are loved for who we are and not for what we have done. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's good news. The good news is that Christ has removed the blockage between us and God. If you have an argument, I've heard that people can have arguments. If you have an argument with your spouse, there is a kind of a glass wall comes down. You know. How are you? Fine, thank you. <laughs> are you okay? Yes. There's a kind of glass wall that comes down. And when Adam and Eve were in the garden of, of, of Eden, the, the fellowship was beautiful. Fancy, fancy living in an ideal situation. No worries, no crime, no, no, no shortage of nothing. Everything was wonderful. And, and, and also, their spiritual life was wonderful because God came down at the cool part of the day and walked with them. The quiet time was with the Lord himself and they, they, they were in a beautiful, harmonious relationship with God. And God said to them, Everything, everything's yours. You, you, this whole earth, this beautiful earth, is all yours. You can eat what you like, you go where you want. You can, just one thing, you mustn't eat of the tree in the middle of the garden because if you eat that, if you eat that, Mr. Adam, you die. The principle of death will start in you. Of course, Satan squirmed his way in. He got to the wife and, 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 and she told her husband who was with her and they, they disobeyed God and this glass wall came down. And God could not be friends with them as he would have liked to have been because sin separates us from God. But God promised right there in the Garden of Eden, he said, one day, one day someone will come and reverse all this. 
the seed of the woman, Eve, one of your children will come and he will bruise the head of Satan. He will crush him once and for all and things will be reversed. And all down the centuries they looked for this person. Moses said, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up like me. And as time goes by, they built up this picture, the prophets, of what he would be like. You know, David said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Uh, Isaiah wrote about this, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And all through the centuries, this picture of somebody that would come was being built up and they were expecting a deliverer and someone who would pay back the price of our sins, who would who would atone for the wrongs that we have done. When Adam sinned, it passed right on down the generations. And all of us have missed the way. The scriptures say, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then in Romans, the Apostle Paul wrote these wonderful words, and it's in a modern translation. For everyone has sinned, he said. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. And all we have to do is believe, to believe that Christ has shed his precious blood for us that we can be saved eternally. <clears throat> um, thirdly, I think, uh, the good news is that Jesus brought in the dispensation of grace. The Bible says the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What does grace mean? God's riches at Christ's expense. <laughs> Everything we have was bought for us by the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have missed the way. If you just said one wrong thing a day, did one wrong thing, thought one wrong thing, that would be three sins a day. If you multiply that by your age, three sins a day multiplied by your age, 21 years and more. That's an awful lot that we've all stacked up over the years, I can tell you. But Christ came to take away all of our sins, to remove the blockage between God. And when Jesus died upon the cross, you might remember, when Jesus died upon the cross, the Bible tells us that the veil in the temple, now, now you, you may already know this, but there were 
compartments in the temple and uh, there was the outer court, the inner court and then the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant originally was and that was the absolute presence of God and there was a veil, it was about five inches thick I believe, this veil uh, or curtain that was there that forbid you to go in. But when Christ died, the, the, St. Matthew records that the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. What was God saying? You don't have to stand outside any longer. You can come right in to my presence. In the old timers, the, the, the old priest, he could only go in there once a year with the blood of an animal. He was the only one that could do it. But when Christ died, the veil in the temple was torn in two and God was saying, you can all come in if you want to, right into the presence of the Lord. Jesus removed the blockage. That is the good news, I think. And then finally, Christ gave us hope beyond the grave that we could share eternal life with him. I told you before, that eerie feeling I had when we had the eclipse back in uh, 1999. And we were on the hall with thousands of others. And uh, everything at the, the moment when the, there was a total eclipse, everything went dark. The lights on the boats came on and all the birds went quiet. It was an eerie feeling. And I thought, might have been my imagination, but I thought I could hear the moon rumbling by. And it was a kind of spiritual, don't think I've gone over to the dark side, but it, 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 it kind of was, an, it was a spiritual experience. And, and I felt I was part of the universe. <laughs> now you will think I've gone off. <laughs> this world, this universe is bigger than all of us. God is from eternity to eternity. He was be there before the Pleiades. He was there before the constellations. He was there before the universe was created. He has always been there. He is eternal. <coughs> and Christ has promised eternal life to those who believe. And Christ demonstrated this when he rose from the grave. Praise God. You know, the, the old West Indian preacher was preaching on Good Friday. And he's preaching and he's saying, it's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> yes, he said, it's Friday. <laughs> but Sundays are coming. <laughs> and up from the grave he rose. He conquered hell. He conquered death. And he conquered it on our behalf. And as Peter in his epistle says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now in the old Bible, the King James Bible that I was brought up on, it doesn't say a living hope, it says a lively hope. Now at five o'clock in the morning, I am living, but I'm certainly not lively. <laughs> that happens hours later. <clears throat> 
He's begotten us again unto a living or a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and fades not away and it's reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I heard a scientist talking about the universe and he was saying... When the last great star has used up all its gases, the universe will be a cold, dark, lonely graveyard. He didn't know the word. In him was life. And God who created this universe could create another universe and another. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And brothers and sisters, we have a glorious hope in Christ that we shall be going on and on and on forever. No birthdays, praise God. <laughs> you won't have to worry about forgetting somebody's birthday ever again. <laughs> We should be going on and on and on into eternity and every day better than the one before. Hallelujah. So the angel, when he appeared to these shepherds, he said, I've, I've come and I've come to bring you good news. I tell you, the gospel of Christ is good news. It's not bad news. It's the devil's, it's the devil's ploy to say it's bad news. He was right there in the Garden of Eden, wasn't he? Saying to to Eve, has God really said, you know, and you'll not die, good gracious me, God's having you on a string, he knows you'll just be like him. He, he falsely accused God way back then, and he falsely accuses God right now. <clears throat> Praise God, the gospel is good news. God is a good God all the time. And we know the suffering and pain, but God is a good God and he will wipe away all tears from their eyes. So the angel, he said, this is, I've come to bring you good news of great joy. Now we heard about this last week with Paul, didn't we? Great joy. <clears throat> the Bible is full of joy. And Jesus was joyful. He was great to be with. Children loved him. People found in him somebody, even though he was a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, he was great in his joys. When the disciples came back and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. Heaven is a place of great joy. I'm sure some Christians will feel very uncomfortable. They won't think it's holy enough when they get there. <coughs> Too much joy in this place. <laughs> I bring you great joy. Joy that does not depend on your circumstances. Nehemiah, when they read the book of the law, the, the people who were listening to Ezra read the book of the law, they felt, oh, we've missed the way, we've lost, we've lost the plot, we've done things which are not written here in this book. And the word of God came, don't be grieved or angry with yourselves because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Send portions to them that have nothing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And it is. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you feel better when you're joyful. 
you look better when you're joyful, and, and you're more healthy when you're joyful. Hallelujah. I'm claiming all these things. Finally, I bring you good news of great joy to all people. Not just a small number. All shapes and sizes, all colors, ages, gender, educational ability. It's for everyone. Peter on the day of Pentecost, when he preached, he said, repent and believe the gospel and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because the promise is for you and to your children. And these were the people that had cried just a few days before, away with him. We don't want this man to reign over us. We don't want this prophet from Nazareth. We don't, he, he's not our Messiah. And when Peter told them that God had raised him from the dead, they were cut to the heart. They said, we've killed our Messiah. We, the one we've been waiting for all the time has come and gone and we've missed him. And Peter said, well, repent. Just turn around. Repent. Believe this good news and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and that's all we need to do, isn't it? <clears throat> to say sorry to God. Maybe in church this morning, there's things in your life that you're not really very proud of. The message is to you. The message is for all of us to say sorry, to believe that Christ died and took all of our sins away and to receive his gift of forgiveness. And maybe as we come to a, a close right now, it is good news. And there may be someone in this service this morning and uh, you have... Uh, You've not really received that good news yet. You heard about it up in your head, but you don't feel you're part of it yet. Well, I want to just encourage you to say, I'm bringing you from the scripture, I'm bringing you good news. It's going to bring great joy. And you are included in the all people of all nations, all people, shapes and sizes can come. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray together before we, we sing a final song. Bless God. It may be this morning in church that through the songs we've sung, through the message of the scripture, you would like to become a follower of Christ. You want to become part of the family of God you want to know this Jesus we've been talking about. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you will pray from your heart, God will hear it. And you too can have this hope within you. This hope of eternal life. This confidence that all of the past has been forgiven and forgotten in God's sight. And that you can have this assurance that should you die today or live another hundred years, whatever, 
that the Lord will meet you on the other side, take you to be with himself forever and ever. I'm going to pray this prayer and I would like you to pray in your heart. And I'm going to ask you while we're all, we've all got our eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to, to just to indicate to me. Now you say, oh dear David, I don't know what I should do that. I just want you to indicate to me by putting your hand up. Just tell me that I prayed that prayer and I meant it from my heart. Or maybe some of you have wandered away from God and this morning you want to really come back to God. You want to get your life absolutely right with the Lord this morning. And those watching online, in your living room, wherever you're watching now, you can pray this prayer as well, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now. I realize that I have sinned. I've done things I should never have done. And I have omitted to do things I should have done. I'm sorry for that, Lord. And I ask you to cleanse me from everything that is offensive to you or has been offensive to you. I thank you that Jesus died, took the blame, took my shame, took my guilt so I could be free. And I've come to believe that now, Lord. And I receive right now your gift of forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, I'm saved. I thank you, Lord, that you have written my name in heaven. I have become one of your family. Amen. Praise God. Now, as we're all in prayer, and uh, if you pray that prayer, just, just put your hand up and I will see it. And... Uh, God will record it. If it's the first time you ever did something like that. And uh, God bless you. I can see you. Yes, other others. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you at the back. I can see you. God bless you in, in, the, in the balcony. A number of people. It's all over. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I do pray over these dear people, those who are coming to you for the first time and those who maybe are returning to you, are returning to that first love, Lord, that love that, that, that puts Jesus first in everything. And I pray for them all in the mighty name of Christ that, oh God, you will touch every single person with a fresh touch from heaven. Let them know, dear God, without a shadow of a doubt that their names are written in heaven and that they're on their way to glory. In Jesus' name, amen.